Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you love running or eating, you'll love this show. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Hi, it's Monica. Welcome back to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. I took last week off for Labor Day and spent some good time with my family, barbecuing, pool time. It was a blast, but now I am very excited to get back and chatting with you guys because I have an awesome interview today with the author of a new book that's just come out, The Big Redhead Book, Erin LaRosa, and a ton of other awesome interviews and tips and great stuff to share. So let's get to it first with the warm up. I have two new and exciting things that have recently been delivered to me that I am very excited to take for a test run. First of all, I got new running shoes. Anytime I get new running shoes, I love it. It makes me very excited, probably more excited than anything else I get delivered. I don't necessarily, like if I order clothes, I don't like open it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to wear this. But I am like that about running shoes. Um, And because I know someone's going to ask, right now I go between a couple of different, I don't know, designs, types of running shoes. I like a lightweight shoe. I have been running in the Skechers Meb shoe, the Go Run shoe. And I've also, and I've tried a couple of different models of Skechers and I also run in Brooks. I, they're more lightweight shoe, like they're pure line, but I'm open. I've run in a lot of different kinds of shoes. And as long as it's lightweight and has a low drop, I think for the most part, I would check it out. I would take it for a test run. Another thing I am test running right now is a new car. You get a car, you get a car, you get some shoes, you get some shoes and a car. What the heck is going on? I am working with the Lexus Lace-Up series. It's a race series in Southern California. And this weekend is their Orange County race. And it's in Irvine, In a couple days, by the time you're listening to this, it would have just passed. And I will still be driving the car. They gave me a car to drive for the week um, because I'm going to be talking about the race. And just because it is like the title sponsor, they offered to let me drive around in a fancy Lexus for the week. And I was like, um, yes. I don't know if you really realize because I say it a lot, but I think people think it's a joke. I am not fancy. I am so not fancy. I don't even know. (laughs) I mean, I don't own a purse that, or I've never in my life owned a purse that cost more than $30. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's like one example. My most expensive expensive shoes are running shoes. Um, I spent $0 on a cat because I found him. I just am not fancy. And this car is super fancy. So I'm very excited about it. I feel like an imposter. Like I'm not going to know how to drive it because it's going to be for fancy people that know how to drive fancily. Is that a word? Anyways, I'm very excited. So check out the show notes and um, you should put a picture of it. I am most excited because it's a red car and it has a moonroof and I love red cars. I have a red car. I love red cars and big butts and I cannot lie. And I have never had a car that's had any sort of moonroof or sunroof situation. And I live in Southern California and I feel like 
that should be a requirement for every car sold here. So again, check out the show notes. I'll put a picture of myself trying to be fancy, pretending, don't tell anyone I'm not, because I tell everyone I'm not. And also, if you are in Southern California and or want to come down and hang out, there are three other races in this series that are in um, Palos Verdes, there's one in Riverside, and there's one in Ventura, and those are all coming up um, for from now until the end of the year. So come come out. Let's run. There's a discount code on Run, Eat, Repeat as well if you're interested in that. Discounts are awesome. And now let's talk to Erin LaRosa. I'm very, very excited to chat with her. Um, she contacted me because she has a book that recently came out, The Big Redhead Book. And you can find her online at um, A Side of Ginger. And we are about to get into it because I have looked at this book. It's super fun and interesting. And I just want to chat with her and kind of pick her brain about where all this came from. Where did she get this information? And I'm excited to talk to a fellow redhead. So let's get started and talk to Erin. But I super appreciate you talking to me today and just wanted to start with you telling me a little about, bit about yourself. Yeah. So, you know, my name is Erin Rosa, and I am right now a deputy editorial director for BuzzFeed. So I've been at BuzzFeed for about five years and I write about things that interest me like red hair and whiskey and being an introvert and running. And running is something that, um, you know, I've been doing since high school. I, I got into it because honestly, I, I am obsessed with food and I was like, how can I like eat more food and still, <laughs> and still like not, not completely like lose my mind. Um, so running was a really great, um, kind of like sport for me to just get into and be able to do the pasta dinners, which I don't know if anyone did like cross country in high school, but it is insane. The pasta dinners, I still miss them. I think about them a lot. Um, <laughs> but running for me turned into this really incredible thing beyond my initial impulse of like, how do I, how do I like do an activity that will allow me to eat more of what I like? Um, it turned into a real discipline for me and I think has really influenced the fact that I can have a full-time job and also write books and like keep the rest of my life balanced. Like right now I have the big redhead book that pubs today. And I think the only reason I was able to juggle all of that is because of the discipline that running gave me. Awesome. I love it. Are you training for anything right now? Or are you kind of just running for fun? Right now I'm running for fun, but next year I think I'm going to train for the LA Marathon. Um, I've never done it. And I think for me, like I said, like running creates such a discipline that I think having that goal in mind would be so inspiring for me. And I, I am looking for like a new project to do. So I think it might come to me while training for a marathon. Why not? Um, but right now, like I run probably five days a week and I live in Silver Lake. So we have this beautiful reservoir to run around and I run around there and sometimes I'll go up into the mountains, which are really inspiring and lovely. Um, but I am definitely like a person who thrives in running when it's like kind of a solo endeavor, which I, th I think a lot of runners really like being in groups and pairs. I've tried getting my husband to run with me and, um, He's a TV writer, so often we will talk about creative ideas, but uh, 
we found that actually it works best when we're walking together. So we no longer run together. But I, for me, like running has always kind of been a solo creative endeavor. Me too. I'm a big solo runner. And right? I think sometimes people think it's weird. Like they right. want to run with me. Or if I meet someone new, they're automatically like, oh, yeah, like it would be fun to run together. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> the stress oh of God. telling someone no, too. I know. I get in that place, too, where I'm like, how do I politely decline being your running buddy? I don't know. That I've, like, so tried funny. it with some people, but it is hard. It's hard to kind of, like, run and and talk and, like, be worried about, like, oh, God, am I making enough conversation or, like, how much is enough here? Yes. It is hard to run and talk. Like, I will, totally. I will take a walk anyone ever for as long as anyone wants but like running I just yeah it stresses me out it's too much I know I um I have seen those people that can like hold long full conversations while they run and like effortlessly like they're not without losing breath they're just it's as if they're walking I cannot do that I am like a panter when I run I like am open mouthed like breathing heavily can barely speak (laughs) I'm totally the same way. When I've run with, I've only run with like one friend. I always joke that I only have one friend. And so I'm very comfortable with her. And obviously she's willing to put up with me. And I will just like, if she's going too fast, I'm like, you're going too fast. Like, I just like, I'm like, I can't even like be nice about it. I'm just like, I can't do this. It is like a really nice time for you to be by yourself. And I actually listen, have, you know, listened to your podcast when I've gone running and it's been like listening to you talk to other people about running has then inspired me to keep running. You know, like when I'm like, oh, I should stop. I'm like, well, the podcast is still going. So I'm just going to keep going until the podcast is over. It's really nice. I love that. And that I kind of feel the same way because I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of in a chat with someone when I'm listening to podcasts, but I don't actually have to talk. So that was kind of part of the reason why I even, you know, wanted to start it. I was like, because you kind of feel like you're hanging out with someone. There's people mm-hmm. talking in your ear. Sometimes you're learning something. Sometimes you're just having a laugh. But right. like, you're just still able to just go and run your pace for as long as you want. Exactly. I love it. And I so since we're talking about the running thing, I was going to say this for later. The yeah. um, Let's bring it out now. Let's, bring so, it out now. let's just bring it out now. Um, my main concern with running at all in life because I don't care if it's like good for you bad for you hard on your knees whatever like Mm -hmm. I love it it's my thing my only concern is being in the sun like potential you know sun damage and this is like a a big thing especially for someone like you know you're talking about training for the LA marathon you're out for a long time do you have any like specific sunblock or hat situation like how do you deal with that Yes. So I'll, I'll just like paint a picture for your listeners. I am a fair skinned redhead and, um, you know, I am the type of redhead where like, if I'm outside for 10 minutes without sunblock, I will burn and I can like feel the skin burning. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I also grew up in Florida where the sun is also incredibly bright and now I'm living in Los Angeles. So being aware of the sun has been something that I am so hyper aware of. Um, I have a couple of different methods for dealing with this. So if I have to run like during the day where like the sun is at its peak, which I consider between like, you know, anywhere between like 11 and 2 PM, first of all, like no matter what, even when the sun is going down, I lather up with sunscreen. I use SPF 75. I really love, um, the Neutrogena spray on sunscreen for that. Um, they have a lot 
of, of different types that are, you know, not water resistant, but I try to use water resistant because like I said, I'm heavy panting. So you know that I'm heavy sweating out there. Um, I also really encourage people who are worried about their skin to buy UVF, uh, protected clothing. And so, um, there's, there's UV protection and then there's, is, um, clothing that is actually like SPF protected and it's called UVF. So you can go online. They really have a lot of specialty stores that specialize specifically in clothing for people who are active. So whether you're going running or hiking or whatever, this clothing basically acts as an SPF for you so that you don't have to put on sunscreen, which, you know, for me, like when you're running, the the thing that I've always struggled with is like when you're sweating and it gets in your eyes and then you have like SPF and sweat in your eyes, there's Mm. nothing worse. Um, so for that, like I definitely always wear, I have my Boston Red Sox hat. I put that on, but hats only provide like an SPF of about 10. And I go over this actually in my book, the big redhead book, like ways to protect your skin, including, including the UBF, um, uh, like clothing, but, um, there are also like apps that you can download on your phone, which I have found really helpful. Um, there are these like apps that detect the UV rays and how strong they are that day. So you can kind of see like what time of day would be best to go running, like when it's going to be at its strongest and when you should avoid it kind of thing. Um, there are so many ways to prevent things like skin cancer. And it's all about just taking that extra, like five minutes before a run and really, and really like doing your due diligence with covering yourself, whether it be with clothing or with sunscreen. But I would really encourage this UVF clothing because, um, otherwise like the clothing you normally wear only has an SPF usually of about like 10. Mm-hmm. I actually just um, I saw this in the book and I loved it because I got a UVF um, running shirt, a long sleeve one. Just I ordered it online and it just came. And I oh, thought really? it was going to be. Yeah, I, I like I didn't I haven't really talked about it on Instagram, but I did it on my Insta stories because I hadn't tried it yet. It just came in and it has like the little sticker that says, you know, it's like equal to like SPF, whatever. And I was like, it seems really thin. I was I was worried that it was going to be like this very thick kind of heavy clothing situation that I wouldn't want to run in but no it was super thin and I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between that and like some of my other running gear that doesn't have that totally Um, so I yeah I'm really excited about it yeah and I've I've like really stocked up because it's like UPF pro um the UPF is like it's just life-changing for me at least like to not have to cover my entire body in sunscreen when I go on a run and like especially when it's a long run like the thing for redheads at least and and people with fair skin is like you're really supposed to lather up every hour right so if you're out there for more than an hour and you're like in the middle of a run you probably aren't going to be carrying like a thing with you um but i do love this i'll I'll recommend this brand because i use it all the time it's called super goop i don't know if you've heard of that Mm -hmm. but they have like really great smelling sunscreen. Like it doesn't smell like sunscreen. They have really like great flavors like rosemary that, you know, when you spray it on, it just smells like rosemary instead of, um, you know, kind of like the, the typical sunscreen smell, which a lot of people get turned off by. Um, I'll I'll put a link to that because I haven't tried those, but I've heard of them. Um, they're so great. They're so great. And they have these little travel things that like, if you did want to bring something with you, 
There's a great setting spray, which you I really use every day on my face. It is so light. You don't even know it's on. Um, and it's an SPF of 50. And that one, it smells like rosemary and it's delightful. I love it. I'm going to look this up because, yeah, I sunscreen is my life. I just, I was like running low. I use like, I just buy the one that even sometimes has like the, um, the pump. Yes. Like, because I'm just like in the morning, I'm running, you know, five days a week as well. And like, I'm just like trying to make it easy for myself. So I'm like the sport one. I try to get like the industrial, like, you know, bottle. And it's like, it, it's just like, I'm slathered in it and it's not the best smell. It's just like all right. And Supergoop does have, like, those big, like, honking, like, tubs of it. So it's, it's, like, definitely a nice brand, and they really think, too, about, like, your quality of life when you wear it and, like, how you want to smell and feel. Yeah. It's so funny because um, I don't know if you follow a lot of runners on Instagram, too. There was recently this big thing with um, the sports bra squad, like, people Uh, being encouraged to, like, run in their sports bras. Right. And my first thought was, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I am going to get so many freckles on my shoulders. You right. know, because that's, like, the first place that gets it. And I was, like, it was, like, my first thought. And it's so funny because I really, I love the concept. Like, it's very, like, body positivity. I, I completely supported it. You know, like, I talked about it um, online. I was just, like, yay, go. You know, like, we should all love our bodies <laughs> kind of thing. But I, I didn't want to do it myself because I was, like, you guys, I don't want to time. Like, I can't afford the sunblock that is going like, to require me to slather my entire upper body. Like, it was just so funny. I'm like, who's going to get my back? Like, right. it's just oh like, it's like hashtag redhead problems. Like, that yes. was my first thought. And I'm like, oh, that is so funny. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite hashtags to use because there are so many. And it's, it's funny that you bring up that story because I am the type of person, I mean, I reapply anytime I'm going outside, even if it's like walking to the coffee shop and people at work at Buzzfeed where I work will just like look at me and they know when I'm reapplying because they can hear like the hiss of the spray can mm-hmm. like and they're like, oh, okay, you're going outside. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you have to. Well, I went to Catalina recently with my family oh, and so I wanted nice. to be cute. So I like just wore, I mean, it wasn't even like a tank top, but it was like a sleeveless kind of like button down shirt. And I like totally applied before I went and then mm-hmm. I reapplied twice there and I got sunburned. Ugh. And I was just like, I was diligent about it, but it's like, nope, not enough. And That's I'm like, so frustrating. I've had that happen to me so many times. And like, I get really upset at myself. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Right. That's I was like, I'm so mad at myself. And I'm like, right. the thing is like, you just, I cannot wear anything that like, yeah, I just have to wear like the shirt that like the SPF shirt because I did, yeah. I reapplied. I'm like, anything that is like that, like, out all day like if you're at Disneyland at the fair at some sporting event like you either need to be underneath like an umbrella and a hat and like 20 things or just like long sleeves yeah and it's I think it's something that a lot of people who tan or can just go in the sun like don't even think about but for people with fair skin it is such a struggle and I know you know, when I was doing cross country in high school, luckily we had the option of either doing morning runs or after school runs. And I always chose, you know, the, the five or 6am morning run, because I was like, I, I just can't be out in that Florida sun at Mm -hmm. you know three in the afternoon. That's not going to work for me. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, speaking of sunblock smell, (laughs) <laughs> there was a couple of very fun facts about redheads that I read in this book um, yes. that I was like, how fun is this? Um, and one of them was that redheads smell differently. 
um, than people with other color hairs, which I found wildly interesting. But I was just kind of curious in general, uh, because I feel like if you grew up with red hair, you're a redhead expert of sorts. But Mm -hmm. how did you kind of research um, some of the, the fun facts that were in the book or the other like points of interest? Right. So yeah, the section you're talking about is this whole chapter that's devoted to, you know, how we are physically different than everyone else. And I think it's something that as a redhead, you probably know, like to a certain degree where you're like, I'm different than other people. Um, And this book really provides the facts as to to how. So in terms of like how I researched that, um, luckily, there have been a lot of like really weird and random studies done that involve redheads, you know, and especially like redhead women, um, there are a couple of studies that deal with like how redhead women tolerate pain. And, um, for, for redhead women, like we feel the stinging pain of a needle less than any other person. Um, and this could be true of men. They just haven't done the study on men yet. Um, and I assume it probably is true for redheaded men too, but, um, redheaded women also can tolerate more pain when they're given, um, like a pain pill, like a Tylenol or or an Aleve because of how our genes work. We have this one gene that is mutated. It's called MC1R. And that causes like all sorts of differences in our bodies between, you know, redheads and what I call norms, which are normal people, Mm -hmm. um, including the scent thing. So the scent thing, um, there was this theory like a long time ago, and it's not super scientific. This, this, this doctor, Augustine Gallopin, had theorized that every woman has a different smell based on their hair color. And he felt that redheads smelled of ambergris, which is a very specific, earthy, kind of sensual smell. And um, to his point, there have now been studies done that that actually redheads do smell different than everyone else. And we it has to do with our skin mantle, which everyone has a skin mantle if you look at any part of your body you'll see skin. And on top of that skin is this thin acidic layer. And that's the skin mantle. And for some reason, ours is more acidic than everyone else's. So it changes how we smell um, and how things smell on us. So Mm -hmm. like if if you and I put on a perfume, we are going to, that perfume is going to smell so much different than if it's on a, you know, blonde or brunette or anyone else. Um, But in terms of like how I researched that, you know, a lot of it was, I come from this journalism background. I know how to dig for things. But the redhead community is so strong and active. So there there have been like a couple of books written about redheads. Um, there's a great book by Jackie Collis Harvey. It's called Red, A History of the Red. I love that book. It's, it's super science heavy. So if you really want like a deep dive into red hair, definitely read it. Um, there's another book um, by Marion Roach called The Roots of Desire. And that has a lot of um, kind of like facts about our genes and like how we are physically different from everyone else. And then there, again, are just like all of these studies that I was able to dig into. I also interviewed like a couple of professors and experts just to double check that everything I was looking up um, was true. And like no matter what fact I included, I really checked with a lot of sources to make sure that it wasn't something that was just made up because... Mm -hmm. As you probably know, like, the redhead community has a lot of theories about red hair. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard that, like, redheads were burned as witches at the stake. Well, I heard that in high school when my friend Ryan (laughs) told me 
You know, if you were born in medieval times, you would have been like burned at the stake or he sometimes would tell me drowned at birth. It varied uh, depending on so, it. Mind you, this is my friend. But yeah, right, that's how I heard it. <laughs> right. So everyone has these like theories, right, about red hair. And like some of them have truth and some of them don't. So I had always heard that redheads were thought to be witches and we were burned at the stake. But when I really looked into it, like there's no actual evidence of that. And it's something like when I spoke to the, you know, professors who like their, their whole thing was studying witchcraft or, you know, the Salem witch trials and things like that. What they said was that like, if you had anything that made you different, that definitely made you a target. And so even though there's no evidence, like written evidence that redheads were burned, like it's not impossible that that would have happened to us that, you know, like if we are, you know, if there are only like three redheads in your village and everyone's being accused of witchcraft, like they might see that red hair and be like, that is the mark of the devil, which red hair historically has been seen as the mark of the devil, right? So like there are all of these, there are just all of these like complicated theories and facts. I put facts in quotes because some of them are true and some of them aren't, but in the book, Every fact that I cite is true, and there is, like, hard evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was kind of like um, what you said, too, in that we kind of know some of these based on just, like, realizing you're different from your friend, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to kind of find out more and find out the fact, like, I know I have, I'm super sensitive to, like, being cold, and and like I I'm like and I've always said I'm like I don't know what it is like I just have this like very physical reaction when I'm cold and it's just like this thing and um you know to like read more about it and research I'm like yeah that makes sense or you know just like things like that or like with the anesthesia things that you're just like okay it makes sense for this you know like it it all starts clicking and the you know redheads are more sensitive to cold and heat and that again has to do with like that that wonky little mc1r gene that we have um and they don't know like why that's happening because there haven't been in-depth studies about it but they know that it's related to that gene And so, like, to have this book as a redhead and read it and, like, really connect to some of these things and, like, you're saying, like, read something and, like, oh, suddenly your life is clicking into place, that's what I wanted because I think, I don't know about you, but um, my brother and I were the only redheads in our family. Like, you know, my parents were not redheads. It's a recessive gene. And so it can be a little isolating to feel so different and also to be to be made to feel different. Like I was, you know, like, like any redhead, I got teased a lot as a kid for my hair. And it's definitely the first thing that people notice about me. It's commented on a lot. And so like, it's really built my identity. It's funny that you say that because I was going to ask you that. I think um, I really lead with that now. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, right away, like, it's just like, this is like a huge part of who I am. I think it's like a huge part of, yeah, like it's made me this person because I've had to deal with like the teasing I think it's made me a lot closer to my brother than potentially I would have been otherwise or that other Mm -hmm. people are because I'm like thank god for him because my brother has red (laughs) hair too and yeah we were like the only redheads and I think he's he had it harder than I did you know being a boy um it's just like you know he got teased a lot more in football and especially you know where I grew up is a very Hispanic area it wasn't just that we were the only redheads like there wasn't really any anyone like light or blonde or you know Mm -hmm. it's just like us um and I know he got teased a lot and I did too but it's kind of those funny things that people don't realize like the um the tips for 
you know, parents of gingers, like if someone tries to touch your kid's head, like that happened to us in the store. And, you know, like, and I was always like, I didn't really mind it. And he would like pull away or like he would raise his hand, like he was going to hit them, like hit their hand. Like, it's just so funny. Um, But just things that I'm like, I, it really bonded us. And Mm -hmm. to like learn these things too, and kind of bond through the book, I think was super awesome. So I'm, I think if anyone, I agree when you're like, this is for redheads or like pro reds or anyone that has like a friend or a kid, you know, it's just like, it is a lot of interesting facts that um, are super relevant. But I mean, did you, do you feel like having red hair has a huge impact on, you know, who you are today or what kind of motivated you to want to, to write the book? Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to write the book mainly because I, you know, I had published one book and I was trying to figure out what my second book would be. And I just knew that I wanted something that would hold my attention. (laughs) And I've always been kind of like digging more into my hair because it's so much an identifying feature for me. And kind of like you said, like, I, part of why I started following you was because you identify so strongly as a redhead. And, like, that really drew me to you because I also, like, it is such a part of my identity. Um, and like you said, too, like, I had the same experience where, like, I was treated differently but but much better than my brother was treated. And, you know, in the book I go into redhead males and how they are treated differently and why they're treated differently. And it has a lot to do with the way we've been treated throughout history, you know, and how those those stereotypes have remained and like how important it is that we get rid of those so that we can, you know, like kind of move on from them basically. But, um, in terms of, you know, like what made me want to write it, I really just wanted a book that, that felt kind of like a uniting force because for me, like when I was growing up, I did feel really different. And I think if I had this book, I would have felt so much less alone and I would have realized what a special thing my hair is, which, you know, now that I'm older, I really, really appreciate my hair color. And I know that it has made me who I am. You know, I feel like I'm more independent because of it. I feel like it allows me to be stronger and more fiery because that's a stereotype about us. Um, So whenever I need to bring out the fire, I can kind of blame it on my hair color. And for better or worse, I think it, like most redheads I know are really funny because we get made fun of so much that we have to develop sense of humors, you know? Um, so yeah, I think like ultimately my hair has, has completely shaped how I am, which I don't know if that's the case for brunettes or blondes, you know, maybe, maybe blondes to a certain extent, but I don't, I don't know that a hair color really affects people the way that red hair affects people. Oh, completely. There have been times, um, like with the whole redheads going extinct thing or just Mm -hmm. random other things that I've been somewhere in public and someone is like, oh, I heard on the news, you know, like redheads (laughs) are going extinct. They're like, redheads this, like if they hear a fact, they'll tell me. And it's like, not something normally, you know, you would have this like interaction with a stranger. It's just, it is like a very unique situation. I think a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And, um, you spoke to this and I've always realized this because I know that there are, you know, it's what 2% of the population, but there are a much bigger percent of red redheads 
on TV and in movies, I've I've been talking about this a lot. Like in Game of Thrones, I'm like, man, these people <laughs> love redheads. And yes. I, like I joked not too long ago, actually, on Twitter, I'm like, so am am I going to be a next season? Because are they running out of people yet? Like, what is going on? Why do you think that is? That there are just like a, a lot more redheads on TV than would be represented in normal population. Yeah, so I, I think you're tapping into like a fascination that I've had too because you know, I've seen more redheads on TV than I've met in real life. And that's really interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> I think for a lot of people in a lot of different parts of the world, like watching TV might be their only like actual sighting of a redhead, you know, like it might, it might be that they never meet a redhead in real life. So, um, th- I think there are a few reasons for why we are so popular in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this study, um, done done a couple of years ago, I think in 2013, that showed, you know, the percentage of redheads that we see in commercials is exponentially higher than than any other hair color. And I think it was like every 17 seconds you were seeing a redhead in prime time during commercial breaks. And part of that might just be like the simple explanation is that red hair is eye catching. Like when you see like a flash of red, psychologically, your heart rate increases, um, you, you feel more awake. Um, some, some people say that the color red makes you feel hungry. So when you think of, you know, like a Wendy's commercial, for example, with like the lead Wendy, who is a redhead, Mm-hmm. Like having her as a redhead might actually make you feel hungry and might might sell some more burgers. But just like the presence of red hair on TV is eye-catching. But the other thing is that that having someone as a redhead tells a story without even having to give that character any background. So when you're watching Game of Thrones, for example, and you see characters like Egret or Melisandre or Tormund, who... I think all, you know, they're all different, but they all kind of embody the same thing, which is that they're fiery and passionate, all Mm -hmm. of them. And that is really like a stereotype about redheads, right? And even Melisandre, um, she uses sexuality a lot on that show. And as you'll see in the book, like redheaded women have often been cast as like sexual beings. Um, And so I think like, when people are casting and when they're thinking of stereotypes, like that kind of comes into play. Like if they have a sexy character, like Joan from Mad Men, like it makes sense that they cast a redhead in that role because like the stereotype about redheads is like, you know, they are sultry temptresses. Like if you think of Jessica Rabbit or any of those things. Yeah. Um, I love that you talked about that too. I feel like you really just like put it out there. Yeah. Cause I think it's important to like, acknowledge these stereotypes because I I know for me, like they have affected how people treat me in my life. Um, even recently, um, you know, I was at work and I was, I was talking about something in a meeting and I was, I was passionate about it. And someone said, Oh, well, there goes your fiery temper, typical redhead. And I was like, I was really surprised that they brought up my hair color (laughs) And it also, I was like, wow, that just like completely derails everything I was saying because of like, like you pointing out a stereotype that's about my, my hair. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important that people are aware of it and know how to respond to it. And in the book, I even give like, you know, ways to respond when someone says something like that to you. Cause it is like a really like a life thing that a lot of people don't have to deal with. Oh, for sure. And it is like, 
I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I love that you have these like cheeky responses that kind of help people like, you know, to kind of respond to something because you are always caught off guard because mm-hmm. it's not how you kind of picture yourself. And there is also this like extremely beyond like the fiery temper, like very, very odd situation of like people wondering like, you know, does your like asking about pubic hair, basically. Oh my that, God. Like, like uh. It's just like, I can't imagine like uh, under what circumstance that would ever be okay. <laughs> but like it, it legit happens. It legit yeah. happens. And it's no. like, yeah. can you, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to say to it. Cause I'm just like, yeah, no, really. Like people have asked me and I don't understand un- like how that would ever be okay. The fascination. I know. I, it's something that like, I don't really have a good response to either as to why it fascinates people. I, I write in the book that it's just, it might just be that like the fact that it is such a unique color makes people want to see it. And I think, you know, like, especially when you're younger um, and you're dealing with people who are going through puberty, like they want to see something interesting and visually stimulating. (laughs) And like, you know, like our pubes are beautiful. Like I'm not going to lie to people. Like they look great, but you know, that it's weird because like no other, it's like no other types of pubic hair get talked about. It's not like blondes have to deal with this. Um, Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It is like important to talk about because it's something where like people feel entitled to, to call you names like fire crotch, which is like bizarre. And the first time it happens, I think you feel really shamed because someone is like talking about your your privates, like it's none of their business. But I think it comes from a place of them like trying to understand something that seems so far fresh, far fetched from what they usually see, just because we are unique and different. But um, that doesn't mean it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's okay for someone to talk about your pubic hair. For sure. It's just like, yeah, it is like a very odd situation that actually happens. And I think people that aren't, that are, you know, have manners potentially like would never think to ask. So they they don't believe that it actually does. But it's like, yeah, like I've been called fire crotch or people have asked me in like very different odd situations. And I just think I'm like, this is so weird. Like I wouldn't have the nerve. I would just Google it. Like I would just be like, yeah, I wouldn't have the nerve to ask someone. Yeah, it's and I, yeah, I just it's never occurred to me to ask anyone else about the color of their pubic hair, like ever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it is. It was just like really funny, and I I like that you kind of address those rumors because it is like or just that like entire you know concept of a redhead, especially like a redheaded female being very sexual. And, you know, them just like, and then so you're kind of in this box because that goes along the same lines of like a sexual question, you know, of thinking right. that they are very fiery or crazy in bed or more promiscuous. And that's how sometimes they're, you know, portrayed in, you know, movies and TV and books and things like that. So it's all kind of like goes along with the same idea. And I just love that you just, you went there with all of it. I have a question. I mean, like, I think running, you know, can be like a, a time and I knew maybe this was because I did it in high school but like running really like especially when you're doing races and you're running with other people there is this kind of like primal thing about it like have people approached you at all you know kind of like interested in you or like trying to pick up on you like after a run because you're a redhead or do they use like redhead pickup lines I you know I feel like they use I don't know if they're like necessarily pickup lines but like people like because they can call you red 
or ginger mm-hmm. or something. Like I feel like it is um, an entry, like a a hello, you know, yes. like there's like yeah. you know, like hey red or you know whatever. So they kind of feel like hey, we have a nickname and like they can kind of engage in like a conversation with you, right? Um, or tell you. I, I didn't someone... want to say like that red that running is sexual, but it kind of is in a way because you're just like so like you're sweaty and it's physical. And I feel like people might feel more entitled to kind of like talk about like dating or, or even hitting on people because of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think when you're like, um, I, I do think it's sexual. I've like kind of, um, I did a running coach certification a while back and even the guy that was like teaching it, he was like running is super sexual. Cause you know, you're like half naked and sweaty and right. out of breath, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And it was just like, yeah, that makes sense. And I do think that people, um, feel like it is uh I I guess like all the like pretenses are like knocked out of the way pretty quickly so that the conversation you know when or after you're running gets like it's just very casual and real like you know this person kind of thing so yeah yeah because I feel like that's happened to me too and it's it is this like you said an entry point is because it's the one thing about you that people notice first um, and they feel so entitled to just kind of give you that nickname instead of calling you by your name or even asking what your name is. It's always, Hey, Rad. Hey, Ginger. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. There was like a lot of, um, questions like that, you know, like these, the redheads of rites of passage, like if these things have happened to you <laughs> or the like, um, never have I ever ginger edition. Like those right. are super fun. So like anyone that's curious, it definitely needs to check out the book because, I love, I just, I love that they're like very, very real. Like the first one is never have I ever been called crazy in bed. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, yeah, like yeah. They're, they're, this is like real, you I'm know? Using and my hand like, here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just like, it, it, I just love that it was just like, let's talk about it. Like, let's talk about these stereotypes that, I mean, are affecting potentially, you know, someone mm-hmm. with red hair in their day to day. And I just love that you kind of like addressed it. Um, how, I know it's like barely, barely coming out, but, um, how has the response been or how do you feel like people are going to respond to it? My hope is that, um, you know, like redheads reach out to me and feel like someone is talking directly to them. And I went to, um, a redhead festival in Chicago a couple of months ago and the book has, was not out, but I read some passages from it and kind of you know, was able to just be in a room filled with other redheads. And it was so nice to have people come up afterward and just kind of talk about our shared experiences. Like, I really do think that that being a redhead is not just a hair color. It's an experience and it's a lifestyle in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I just want redhead solidarity. You know, like I want people to feel like they connect with the stories that I tell that that learning more about themselves makes them feel more pride in their hair color because for me like I feel really lucky to be a redhead and I hope that I have redhead kids someday and you know I I would want them to have a book like this so that they feel special and unique and just that they're part of something and and redheads really are part of something bigger that's what I feel I love it and yeah I I love that whole um, message of everyone. I think you said somewhere in the book too, was it gingers? There was like a hashtag. Was it (laughs) redheads unite? Redheads unite. Yeah, I love saying that. I love saying that. It's like, but it is true. Like I really genuinely feel like, you know, we're stronger together and and we have so much in common and why don't we talk more about those things and, and really 
get together. I, I have a group of friends in LA who are redheads and we've gone, you know, out together a lot, but we'll, we'll do things like see movies with redheads in them. Like we all saw uh, brave, you know, with Merida and her redhead family. And that was really fun just to like go as a group and like see everyone kind of staring at us. Cause it's so many redheads all together. <laughs> um, but you know, I think like redheads have a lot of shared experiences. And like when we talk openly about it, you realize that you're not alone. You're like part of a really cool and special thing. I love it. I love it. And I, I appreciate like as a writer, I appreciate the message. I love the book. Um, where Good. can people find it? So it's it's out now. You can buy it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and IndieBound. It will be in Barnes and Noble, too, if you want to go like physically pick up the book. But just, you know, search for the big redhead book and and you'll find it. And I really encourage you to buy it for your redhead friends and you know, any enthusiasts out there, it makes a really great gift. I love it. It is super fun, too. Like, it's just like, I I think anyone would like it because the way it's written is just like super fun and entertaining. Totally. Um, Yeah. And then how can we... I wanted it to be that way. Good. It is. Like, I loved it because I was just like, oh, when I first got it, like I'm going through mail and I like flip it open and I just ended up getting sucked in. And I was like, this is super fun. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Huge fan. Um, Highly recommend it. But two, if people want to just kind of um, follow you online, what is how do they follow you on social media? Yeah, so I have a I have a very uh, redhead (laughs) focused uh, name online. It's at Side of Ginger, and um, you can also Google my name, Erin La Rosa, and you'll find me. But um, I would love to hear from any runners or redheads. So please give me a follow and let's chat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. Is there this anything so fun. else? I know, I know. I knew I was really looking forward to talking to you, especially with um, after looking through the book, I'm like putting little like paper clips to like remember uh, different parts I wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? I, th- you know, I think that's it. I, I would love for people to buy the book and let me know how they like it. And, you know, I think that you and I, even though we don't have running buddies, I think you and I should just go to dinner and talk about running because we can talk about redhead things too. I totally agree. I'll put a link to Erin's social media, a side of ginger in the show notes. And also I will link to some of the products that we mentioned, the SPF that smells good and that clothing that she talked about. I recently discovered, um, a top that has that UVF. So I'll put a link to a couple of those options. And of course, The Big Redhead book is available on Amazon. I will link to that as well so you can check it out. And now it's time for the award ceremony. This week, first place goes to you. Yes, you, because you are still listening to this podcast, even though we talked about pubes and you were not properly warned that that was going to happen. You know what? I didn't know it was going to go there, but that's where the conversation went. And I don't think it should be a problem because we keep saying on social media, body positivity is really embracing your body and all bodies are beautiful. And this is a part of that. So I'm going to roll with it. I don't think it was a big deal. Um, And there is something very liberating about being able to talk about something awkward on some level and just kind of own it and be the person like, be in the offense and just kind of bring it up first and talk, you know, call it what it is. So I think we're going to roll with it. 
but I appreciate you still hanging out. And for first place, the prize is next week. I'm not going to talk about pubes. I will give you that. I don't know beyond that. Hopefully this isn't a reoccurring theme, but um, yeah, I appreciate you listening to this whole damn thing. Second place goes to my new SPF top that I am really digging. And it is kind of funny that she brought it up because I had already ordered this and got it. Um, and worn, I had worn it when I had talked to her. And now since then I've worn it a couple of times and I'm a super fan because it is very light and knowing that it has that sun protection makes me happy. And third place goes to, this isn't something new, but I get it periodically and I have it in my possession right now. So I just wanted to mention it because it's my favorite thing is um, that birthday cake flavored gum from Target. It is often with like the candy gum section. And I think I don't have it right in front of me, but I think a portion of it um, of the proceeds go to a charity or something. There's some note on the package that says this is why it's overpriced, which it is, which is why it's only a sometimes food. Um, But yeah, I'm a fan of it. I like getting every now and then. And that's my favorite thing from today. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes for links to the book and more info on Erin and any of the things that we talked about. And if you have some time, please subscribe and rate this podcast. It's super important and helpful. And if you have a question for me, um, you can call in and leave a message and I will play it and answer your question. And or you can leave it in the comments or on my social media at run, eat, repeat. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great run. Thank you for listening to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast. For more information, check out runeatrepeat.com.